You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Yes, sir. Ready. All right, that's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. And in today's episode, we'll talk some humongous trades, some ex-NFL QBs getting a shot at the XFL, and at least one ex-starting quarterback getting sent to the bench, our survivor picks, fantasy go-backs, and of course, preview some of the biggest games coming up in week seven. But Dave, you got a big nug for the peoples. You got that right, my friend. Dude, it is, again, the NFL that we love, man. This is the most competitive ever. Through six weeks, more games decided by seven or fewer points than ever before, dude. 51 of 92, that's 55, over 55% have been decided by one touchdown or less. Uh, And that included nine games just last week, dude. Man, it's always down to the wire, isn't it, man? That's what makes it so great. Oh, it's crazy, dude. And I just love to bet on it because with results like that, hey, you're bound to win eventually. (laughs) Lay some money down, right? Come on. Yeah. All right, Dave. Let's get into the top trending stories, bro. And I don't know how many draft picks these cats have left over, but the uh, the Rams are doing some uh, shell game, changing some moves in the secondary there. Dang, dude, I'll tell you what. Yeah, they shifted things up. Obviously, Aqib Tlaib on injured reserve. We don't know if that's eight games or the whole year. Uh, but the other thing is they send Marcus Peters to the Ravens. They get back a uh, second-year linebacker who wasn't really that well used and an undisclosed 2020 pick. So it seems like they just wanted to move him out before the big payday came because uh, he's a player, dude. He's been uh, twice to the Pro Bowl with the Chiefs. And then they trade. Here's the big one, dude. Trading for Ramsey from the Jaguars, dude who's a guy who was a malcontent in Jacksonville. They give up two first-round picks as well as a 2021 fourth-rounder, dude. A ton to give up for this dude. That's crazy, man. That is so many picks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. They're looking up at the the 5-0 and San Fran 49ers and the 5-1 and Seattle Seahawks, dude. And yeah. now you're giving away your uh, first-round picks for the next couple of years. I know Ramsey is a Ramsey-type Rams player, but wow. <laughs> Right. They got a lot of, uh, you know, big whatever attitude guys uh, on that squad. But, you know, the thing that really bugs me about this, Casey, is that they gave up all those picks and everything, but they don't have him signed beyond the 2020 season, which means next year is his last year. And my bet is he's going to hold out. He's got the all the leverage in the world in this deal, man. Yeah, that back is flaring up again. Who would have thought? Wow. How about that? Right. Yeah. All right, Dave, let's move it on. This is a movie that's going to affect your Los Angeles Chargers, dude. Yeah. Marcus Mariotto benched for Ryan Tannehill there in Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. And and obviously he was, you know, he was struggling last week when he got pulled uh, with a couple of picks. And then I don't know that Tannehill went in there and lit it up. That Denver defense is really pretty good. They were sacking both quarterbacks and, and really hassling them both. 
I don't know that this is the right move at this point in time necessarily. Um, uh, maybe they're just looking for a little spark or something here. But I would have I would have been more likely to to ride out this Mariota thing and see where they are at the end of the season with him. They, I mean, who knows? They might be in the the quarterback acquiring business in this off season right now, dude. It's the way they're looking. And I was a big Mariota fan, but he's underachieved. But he's not the only one that's underachieved. Yeah, dude. The actual uh, another Heisman winner, Jameis Winston, bro, over there in London in a super giving move. Uh, <laughs> five interceptions and I think two or, or more fumbles. And dude, wow. um, Jameis has been a turnover machine since he's been in the league. So he's got to clean that up to give the Bucks any chance. And there's a ton of weapons on that squad. I just don't know how much longer Bruce Arians is going to put up with that. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm pretty sure they have a, a relatively high draft pick uh, waiting in the wings there if Jameis uh, is in that kind of giving mood in the near future, uh, for sure. Both of those quarterbacks, one and two in the draft not too long ago, uh, definitely right now, uh, very, very questionable futures. Wow. And, well, there might be a gig in the XFL, bro, if you head over <laughs> to XFL.com. They did the uh, skill players and uh, other portions of the draft today. A couple names you might notice there. Landry Jones, Aaron Murray, and Cordero Jones all got uh, sent to teams there in the XFL. Yeah, it was basically a lot of dudes that got a chance in the AAF and that looked good there. Uh, lucky for the XFL, that league folded up because those guys are sitting around and they've already shown that they can at least put a decent product yeah. on the field. And it's all, like you said, about quarterbacks, basically. They need some productivity out of that pick, uh, that position. Tomorrow is the next day. That is the 16th is the next day for uh, the draft where we'll get the teams filled out and then we'll be able to take a closer look at you know the, the makeup of each squad and all that stuff. But right now, it's about these quarterbacks. Kind of exciting, uh, you know, fledgling leads. going to be, you know, as football fans, it's always kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, totally. Sick freaks like us need that football in the spring. So I'm hoping <laughs> that this thing is good and worth watching. I know I'll be tuning in either way because that's just what <laughs> that's I do. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave, let's move on. You know what? There's a cleanliness above me, a, a freedom that is permeating around me. Um, yes. We're going into three strikes. Dave, who'd you go with, bro? I went with Baltimore over Cincinnati, and I have not been sold on this Baltimore train uh, like some people, especially after the first couple of weeks. But Baltimore took care of business for me, and I am still sitting at one strike in our three strikes league. How about yeah, you? I went out on a limb. <laughs> I went... With our loss, I mean your Los Angeles yeah, Chargers going up against the Steelers with the third string quarterback, and um, yeah, it didn't work out for me. But now I'm dead. I'm free. I don't have to give a crap about that anymore, and I'm gonna just enjoy the season, Dave. Yeah, it's nice that way, isn't it? Just, yeah, it, free from the encumbrance of all of those, those. You know, I died with the Chiefs, the Packers. <laughs> and the Patriots all in my pocket, so that that was good. I'm good yeah. at this. I'm you, great. You might, yeah, you might want to write a book on how how to do the survival league. Casey, most popular co uh, correct pick was in fact the Ravens over the Bengals uh, last week. My pick, most popular incorrect pick though, Casey, your Dallas Cowboys over the Jets. Well, that was a shocker, no question about it. Heading into next week, uh, so far the most popular pick is Buffalo over Miami. The theme of whoever the heck is playing Miami <laughs> seems to be sort of pre prevalent this season. It's working out. I think I only took 
the Cowboys against the Dolphins. I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to this. All right, Dave, let's move on, bro. The people love it. It's the fantasy go-back starts of the week. Dave, yeah. did you make any moves that could have saved your fantasy? I, I, I should have played Alshon Jeffrey and um, Adrian Peterson, and instead um, I played some other dudes, uh, and it cost me about <laughs> 20, 20 points. And all I got to say is this. It wouldn't have counted because the Hypnotoads absolutely destroyed me. All hail the hypnotoads. All hail the hypnotoads. <laughs> well, dude, I was the latest victim of the Gorilla Shark sex machines. Um, I've been playing Ouch. the quarterback uh, carousel due to Drew Brees being hurt, and I don't have a roster spot. So I went with a little Minshew magic, and there was none to be had, dude. That hat was empty. No rabbits, nothing. Only 4.62 points. But here's the kicker, Dave. Even with that crap-ass performance out of the Gardner, mm-hmm. had I played Robbie Anderson against my Dallas Cowboys, that would have not only put me over the top to get the win, it would have also put me in the cash. Damn, dude. You got to take What is more important, Casey? Fantasy or your true love for the Cowboys? Come on. I'll take the Cowboys the any day of the week. <laughs> Could have had the money. Oh, jeez, Louise. All right, Dave. Yeah. Let's move this thing on, man. It is... Week seven. Holy smokes. This thing is slipping away. Woo, yeah. There's but real there football, baby. Right? Kick-ass games. Hell yeah, Dave. Get us started. All right, man. So we'll get this thing going with the Minnesota Vikings on the road at Detroit. Vikings favored by one in this one, dude. Yeah, Vikes riding a two-game win streak, sitting at four and two. And the good news for them, this is their last divisional road game. So a win would be huge here. Wow. Cousins got a little of that motivation being called the weakest link of the Minnesota Vikings. All he did was come out 22-29 for 333 and four touchdowns against those Eagles. Um, what's helping him is Dalvin Cook, dude, and the Vikings running overall. They're third in the NFL, averaging just under 160 yards a game. And Cook, dude, six TDs on the year, man. He has been a welcome, um, healthy addition to that backfield there. Uh, get back to the passing game. I had to mention Diggs. He's leading Minnesota with 420 receiving yards. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can't he has four it. touchdowns on 23 receptions. It should have been four touchdowns on 20 receptions, but close enough. But that defense, obviously, uh, one of the tops in the league. They're fifth in the league and um, only giving up 15 and a half points a game. Danell Hunter leads him with six sacks. He's going to be hunting Lions on Sunday, bro. Yeah, whew, I'll tell you what. Um, this Lions team, Casey, though, I thought they were the worst team in that division, and I'm statistically they are. I, I st- <laughs> well, their their defense isn't very good, strangely, and they're led by a defensive, a former Patriot defensive guy in Matt Patricia. But uh, let's start here with Matt Stafford. I think he's having a really strong season. Uh, he's playing solid football. Uh, just two interceptions on the season, almost 1,400 yards and 99 passer rating. Carry on, Johnson is the big addition here on the offensive side of the football. Even though his yards per carry is just 3.3 and he only has two touchdowns, he's really changed the complexion of the way they run the football on uh, for their ground game. It just gives them that that solid running back there that they need. And Kenny Galladay has really turned out to be a you know a beast at receiver. Now he's really developed. Marvin Jones on the other side, and then the the rookie T.J. Hawkinson gives them some really good weapons at receiver. But let me just go back, Casey, uh, a little bit and look at this uh, 
this team. First of all, the Lions are 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. They tied that game in week one where they were dominating the Cardinals and somehow let the Cardinals back in and ended up tying them for that game. Then two weeks ago, uh, or three weeks ago, two weeks ago rather, they were up on the Chiefs, right? And they gave up a 100-yard defensive return. So it's a 14-point swing. They only lost that game by four. And then last week against the Packers in Green Ugh. Bay, they should have won that game. The officials These stupid ass refs, dude. I'm they sick completely of this jobbed them. So when you look at that, this team could literally be 5-0. and oh. Now, yeah. on the other side of the equation, I did think they, they were underperforming against the Chargers and found a way to win that game. But <laughs> So it all does balance out a little bit. But I'm telling you, this Detroit Lions team is a little bit better than uh, I think everyone thought they were going into this season. Obviously, they were no one was picking these guys to really compete for the division, and, and who knows, they may they may not be anywhere near that in the in the long run. But I like what they're doing, and I give them a, a good shot uh, going forward. This is this is a strong Lions team, dude. All right, let's move it forward. Yeah, we got the Oakland Raiders at the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers are six and a half point favorites. At home. Oh, wait, it's going to be eight and a half with the help of the referees. <laughs> oh, wait, I just saw a referee do a Lambo leap. <laughs> All right. Let's start with this Raiders squad, Casey. Um, I'll tell you what, man. I I got to say, I, I knew they were going to be a better squad, this team with Mayock and Gruden, uh, you know, combined here and getting the talent in the offseason that they did mm-hmm. aside, AB aside and, and all that. Uh, they did add talent through the draft and everything, and it looks like some of that talent's really uh, making up the sort of the spine of this team with Josh Jacobs at running back. You know, this guy brings an attitude. He had a pretty nice game in week five, their last game, um, when he had 123 yards rushing and two touchdowns in that game. DeAndre Washington, the other back, also getting it done. Wide receiver Terrell Williams from the Chargers. He's been banged up, as he has been throughout his career. But when he's healthy, he is a serious weapon, and he's got serious speed. He's looking for his fifth game in a row with a TD. I think that will be either a Raider record or tied for a Raider record for uh, a receiver joining this, you know, be his first five games. And when you look at uh, Derek Carr, you know, there was – a couple of years ago before he got injured, this guy was an MVP candidate on the outside of that. But nonetheless, a really um, uh, a, a pretty good season so far for Derek Carr uh, as well. Last week, uh, 78% uh, completions against who? Oh, the Chicago Bears defense, right? Pretty good defense over there in London where they stole a victory. Like I said, I think this Raiders team deserves a little more respect than I initially was giving them. Now, in back-to-back weeks, they won in Minnesota, excuse me, in uh, at Indianapolis. And I think the, the Colts are a good squad. And then they go to London as the home team, and they beat the Bears. Pretty impressive, man. Yeah, well, you talk about these Packers. It's better to be lucky than good. And unless you're wearing one of those dumbass um, pieces of cheese on your head, uh, it's an unfortunate situation that the Packers are both. We mentioned the great help they got from the officials on Monday night. Yep. Um, A guy not in that game was Devontae Adams. And he, Dave, says, you're on meth if you don't think the Packers had the best (laughs) one-two punch at running back in the league with Jones and Williams. And there's been points that it's hard to debate on that. I'm not sure that's the best one-two. But they're going to need a lot of that, especially if Devontae's out for an extended amount of time with that Sergeant Holka injury to the foot there. Ouch. They're just a receiver, and they're making plays for Aaron Rodgers. But they got to protect this guy. He's already been sacked 11 times on the season. But speaking of sacks, dude, Preston Smith on the defensive side 
of the Packers. He's third in the NFL with seven sacks. It's that defense that's yep. kept them in games, and uh, they keep stacking wins, and they're sitting on top of this division. So, man, this is going to be um, – it's they got to get this win for the Pack and be sitting there um, at the top of that division just loving life. So uh, we'll see what happens. Don't pull the foot of Raiders. <laughs> Go Pack. Um, all right, up next, this is one of my favorite games of the weekend. It's the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts uh, at home favored by one in this one. Speak about these Texans, Casey. Dude, um, these Texans might be rounding out to one of the – the best teams in the NFL, yep. definitely yep. in the AFC. They're coming off their biggest win of the season, maybe a season-defining win, dude. You don't forget, they were down 17-3 to at Kansas City, and they went on a 28-7 run to seal that deal. I'm keeping Deshaun upright. It's really helping their cause. That was no sacks and three quarterback hits over wow. the past two games. You keep this guy's jersey clean, and guess what? He's getting you 700 yards and six TDs in those two games. But a big addition to this is Carlos Hyde. They're running the ball, dude. Almost 400 yards rushing in their last two games. And that's how you beat a Pat Mahomes is you run the ball and keep him off the field, dude. In the fourth yep. quarter of that Chiefs game, the Chiefs ran four offensive plays, dude. Four. Wow. So that Texans offense is really starting to crush, dude. They haven't punted since the first drive of the Falcons game, bro. That's 19 straight drives without a punt. We know about the defense, but this offense is really taping, taking shape. So you got to watch out for these cats, man. Um, but that being said, Indy's a tough place to play. And then these divisional games, man, who knows what can happen. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you're scaring me, Casey. I'm buying all what you're selling on the Texans, but let's talk about these Colts for a bit. Um, Jacoby Brissett, obviously the man there. Marlon Mack running the ball pretty well at, at nearly a five-yard clip uh, on the season. And um, – Obviously, Brissett really just you know doing doing a the yeoman's Patriot job, way. right? He's he's got it going on, man. He's he's really uh, you know leading the team. And T. Y. Hilton, obviously there at at uh, at receiver, also um, you know obviously a monster weapon there. So uh, when you look at the Colts, though, um, they also, as you said, um, ran the ball. Very well yeah. against the Chiefs, and that was in, uh, they beat the Chiefs recently too. In the Chiefs' two-game losing streak, um, this one was also in Kansas City, where the Colts went into town and stole a, a win against that Chiefs team. They dominated on the ground, running the football in that game, dude. And this is one of the better. It's actually the fourth best uh, running team in the NFL right now. And you don't think of oh wow, you know Marlon Mack is you know, but it's it's a physical team. It's not the same Colts team that Andrew Locke got beat up in uh, throughout his whole career career they've got an offensive line yeah. that can push people around and win at the line of scrimmage and their young defense is talented too so this Colts team uh, is on the rise this is a good football this could be a fun football game dude oh, I can't wait to see that one all right Dave let's move it over to the NFC we got a, a game between two playoff teams from last year the New Orleans Saints at the Chicago Bears and the Bears are three and a half point favorites at home that translates into seven and a half baby Ditkas. <laughs> well, you mentioned the breezeless Saints. Bridgewater's job was just to hold down the fort, keep things from from uh, collapsing. Well, he's done way more than that. He's won all of his games. They've won four in a row uh, at this point. And Bridgewater has been more than adequate at the performance. So at almost 67% passing um, for Bridgewater, uh, you know, uh, last week. And 
Um, just, you know, it, it was a couple of weeks ago that he really lit it up. But last week he missed a couple of guys. But they're they're close on offense. But they're solid across the board. This is a different yeah. Saints team than we've had when Breeze was the show there. Um, but you've got Kamara. You've got Latavius Murray. Some, some good running backs there. Michael Thomas, arguably one of the best, if not the best receiver yeah. in the league right now. And... Uh, this is a balanced football team. The, the drafts they've had over the last handful of years on the defensive side of the football, bringing in Lattimore, uh, and uh, this team can really get it done. And like I said, they're not just holding out. Teddy Bridgewater isn't your average backup quarterback mm -hmm. in the NFL right now. This is a guy that stayed there for this opportunity, for and for whatever reason, it was the right move because here he is uh, really leading the show there and getting it done. Yeah, dude, and you flip it over to these Bears, still fighting the disappointment off that Raiders loss in London there. They've had a week off to try to get healthy, but uh, they started that week putting Akeem Hicks and Kyle Long both on injured reserve, so that's bad news. But the good news is Troops practiced on Monday for the first time. They're hoping to get him back in this game, and they should get Taylor Gabriel back, who had that monster three-touchdown game on Monday night. So you got to jumpstart that offense somehow because that run game is not going, and they got to find a way to get it going, dude. The longest totally. run in the last two games, just seven yards, bro. That ain't going to get it done. Wow. And 2.3 yards per attempt. So got to figure out a way to get that running game up to speed there. But what they're doing is hanging their hat on defense. They're giving up less than 14 points a game. Khalil Mack and Danny Trevathan leading the way one of the toughest linebacking cores in the league. And Dave, the way the North is, man, this is really a must-win for these Bears. So they got to find a way to beat a good Saints team. They're at home. It's going to be rocking. The Bears got to try to get this thing done. Wow. It's going to be a good one, man. Okay. Up next, it is the Baltimore Ravens heading to Seattle with a nice test playing the Seahawks. The Seahawks at home favored by three and a half in this one. You know, with the style of uh, football that the Ravens play, it's hard to tell how good they are. But then mm -hmm. you look on paper, all alone in first place, second in scoring just behind the Patriots. And they that's are. Good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and that that's scoring behind the Patriots defense, dude, because that thing is going oh, crazy. Oh, oh, oh. No, really just the oh, right. but um, they're running the football, dude. Almost 300 yards last week against the Bengals and six yards a clip. And um, we mentioned they, the Ravens with the Rams trade. They get Marcus Peters, and they really needed that because um, their secondary is ranked 25th right now, and they're totally banged up. But, dude, I was doing a little work on this uh, Peters guy, and he's pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Since 2015, he's got more interceptions than anybody in the league, dude, with 24. And that's eight more than the next closest player to him. And he's taken four of those to the house. And he's also got over 200 tackles, six forced fumbles, six fumble recoveries, and he took one of those fumbles to the house too. And on wow. the season, he's got two picks and a touchdown. So this might be just what the doctor ordered. You put him in that secondary, and you already added Earl Thomas. Maybe this will be the thing that really pushes these Ravens into the upper echelon there. But Action Jackson on the other side of the ball, dude, he talked about the running. Why throw when you can run? Last week against the Bengals, 150 yards and eight yards per carry. So Wow. Uh, that makes it easier to play football when they just yeah. can't tackle you. It's almost a first down every play. But right. they got to figure out a way to get more production from the wide receivers. If they get Hollywood Brown back, that's going to help. But it's another sooner there. Mark Andrews, the tight end that's lighting it up. More production from the wide receivers, fixing that secondary, and all of a sudden these Ravens could be um, 
they could be a lot of trouble for anybody that they're up against, dude. Yeah, well, let's talk this Seahawks team, though, Casey. At home, we know how tough they are. This isn't the same team <clears throat> that we've seen in the past where the defense was the dominating force. This is a below-average defense right now, uh, and it's all about Russell Wilson, basically, and running the football with Chris Carson. Um, they have uh, been maybe the beneficiaries of a, a lighter schedule, having beaten teams like Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Arizona, and Cleveland, eh, still some question marks around them. They did beat the Rams, though, who but who are all, all also slumping. The only team they lost to uh, was the the Saints. So, um, but at home, the Seahawks, you know, always tough to beat. And it's been like I said, the Russell Wilson show, not quite the defense. It's about running the football, yes. But Russell Wilson is having a phenomenal season right now. 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the season. His quarterback rate rating on the season at this pace would be an NFL record. 124.7 is his uh, wow. passer rating. So the record right now is Aaron Rodgers for a single season at 122 or something around that. Russell Wilson right now playing exceptionally well. And um, Chris Carson last week, 159 yards rushing. That's getting it done on the ground. Yeah. And again, if 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 you're if if you're allowing the Seahawks to be within one touchdown of you and give Russell Wilson That's the a ball late, forget <laughs> about it. They get it done, especially at home. Seahawks team is shaping up to be a playoff caliber team, and it's odd. But I'm going to say it. It's about their. It's more about their offense, their running game, and Russell Wilson, baby. Dude, Earl Thomas back in Seattle. Wonder what Ooh. kind of reception he's gonna receive there. You know he's gonna have those Ravens ready to play though. <laughs> he's got he's got a, a finger for the twelve, right? That's right, and I know exactly. It's right next to the ring finger and right next to the index <laughs> finger. All right, Dave, we got one more huge game we're gonna talk about here. Huge, huge. And it's the East battle. The Philadelphia Eagles at my Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys are three-point favorites at home. Whew. Wow. Well, let's talk about this Eagles team because they, uh, they're they a bit of a disappointment, and they're sort of, a, uh, I guess, a hot and cold team in a way, uh, coming off a, a real beatdown, really, I think, against the, the Vikings. They've had slow starts really haunt them all year long, and they've dug their way out of a handful of them to get some Ws, uh, including a win in Green Bay a couple of weeks back. That's pretty impressive. Um, but you look at this uh, this Viking squad, just don't seem to really be clicking offensively. Carson Wentz, uh, you know, you look at the names on the roster and you think, wow, this team is loaded, really, with talent on the offensive side of the football. Ertz, uh, Jordan Howard, you know, and um, Alshon Jeffrey, really. But they they haven't put it all together just yet. And Again, they seem to be in spurts where they're playing good football, and the slow starts have really, really cost this team a lot. This is an enormous football game, obviously divisional, and uh, wow, this one, I don't know. What to say. I'm going to give it to you, Casey. Talk to your Cowboys. Yeah, dude, I think one of the problems for those Eagles are missing Deshaun Jackson. Hopefully he's going to miss this game too. You mentioned it is a huge game. And bad yeah. news uh, for the Cowboys, they've dropped three in a row. Good news is, though, the Cowboys have beat the Eagles three times in a row. Bad news, <laughs> minus three on the turnover ratio, and that's really hurt them. Slow starts have been killing these Cowboys, too. The run game has been hit or miss. It really does feel like Zeke is starting to heat up, but they can't feed them yeah. when they're down by double digits. they got to get going 
quicker. So I need Zeke to break out two spoons on Sunday night, brother. He's really got to get it um, fired up, and he's done pretty well against these Eagles uh, every time they've matched up. And now this is where, oh, dude, the Cowboys could be without Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, Tyron Smith, and Lyle Collins, dude, for their best offensive players. That is yeah. bad news. But wait, there's more, Dave. No Tyrone Crawford. He's kind of the Swiss army knife for this Cowboys defense. He's done for the year with a hip injury. Maybe Brutal. no Byron Jones and maybe no Anthony Brown. Dude, Cowboys to this point are a mash unit. Jordan Lewis is going to have to step up and get in there. And he's played pretty good when they've had to call on him. So um, hopefully he can continue that Sunday night. Um, but how about Robert Quinn, dude? The free agent or the trade with the Dolphins has been huge. Um, mm. This guy's already got five sacks in four games, and they got to get to Wentz. Hopefully, they can contain that Philly run game and don't leave it up to Brett Maher, dude. This guy is just seven for eleven on field goals, including one that would have given Dallas enough points to beat the lowly Jets last Sunday. <laughs> so don't leave it up to this cat. Yeah. And uh, But actually, Dave, there's no need to watch this game if you ask Doug Peterson. He said, we're going to go win that football game, and when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. They say you don't need billboard uh, material there, but I think that is going to fire the Cowboys up. Hey, man, this is a put-up-or-shut-up game, dude. Do you want to be in first place, or do you want to be under 500? we We're going to find out who wants it more on Sunday night. Yeah, well, this was, uh, you said the Eagles were in a must-win scenario a handful of weeks back. This one right now, with the way the division is shaping up, it's still wide open. That's the beautiful thing. So, uh, the, the yeah, the winner of this one's going to be sitting pretty, although there's still work to be done no matter what happens at the end of the day. Yeah, wild card, probably not coming out of these. Lots of football to be played left, though. Five of the eight playoff teams last year at this time were under 500, so... Plenty of football to be played. I'm not going to push that panic button just yet. Talk to me on Monday morning. Dave, so many ways to check out the football dudes. Now available for a subscription on Spotify. It's just that easy, people. Get over there. If you don't like Spotify, you can hit us on iTunes or Stitcher. Obviously, you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Or if you're an OG, just go to footballdudes.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy week seven. We are out of here.